Hey, this is Kyle Turner, the lead pastor of Hillsong, Kansas City. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you, encourages you, and most importantly, helps you get closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Hey, this is Frank DiMazio. Your church actually does not know me and that I've not been to Kansas City Hillsong. But I'm a great friend with Brian and Bobby and all the Hillsong churches, which I've been going to for the last three, four decades. I'm going to bring a word to your church in just a few moments. And I want to thank Kyle and Liz for the opportunity to be a guest speaker in your church, having never been there physically before, but to come in through video like this is a great privilege of mine. I respect Kansas City Hillsong, and I've watched some of your video feed and the preaching and your worship and the atmosphere that you set. I just want to say you're a great church. Kyle, you're doing a wonderful job leading the church right now, and the stuff you're preaching is gold, and it really is mature. And so I just want to say congratulations to you and Liz for being such great leaders, and to the congregation for being such great followers. And I'm praying that today the word that I bring will be a word that uh, you will really uh, allow me to put into your heart and into your spirit. So let me have a word of prayer with you, and then we'll go to the word today. Father, I thank you for this church. I thank you for the leaders, the leadership teams. I thank you for their influence. Lord, I pray that there would be open heavens over them, presence of God, Holy Spirit, divine provisions. God bless this beautiful church in Kansas City. Bless these pastors and bless their influence. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. All right, let's go to the Word. I'm going to um, teach, and if you know me at all, you would know that my style is to give content. So wherever you are in your particular situation, if you want to grab uh, some kind of a uh, notepad and a pen and take down some notes, you might want to do that. If not, just engage and listen and sit back with your cup of coffee and allow me to put the word of the Lord right into your heart. I'm going to talk about Ephesians 4 and verse 27. And this verse has a phrase in it that we're actually going to lock into and I'm going to impart into your life. It says in Ephesians 4, 27, and give no opportunity to the devil. Different translations say, don't give the enemy any chance, don't give the enemy any foothold in your life, and don't give the devil a way to defeat you. So we're talking about a scripture written by the Apostle Paul to the Ephesian church, and this scripture has a lot to do with you and me personally. This is a personal scripture for our personal well-being. And if we take this scripture at face value, Paul recognized there was an invisible world. He recognized there was an enemy. He recognized that that enemy would actually try to invade your life and would try to do things that would harm you. So he says, give no, and this is the word that we're after. In this message, we're after the word no. The word no. The name of this message is taking the no position. I know normally the word no is kind of a negative word, but in the context that I'm talking about, it's a positive word for us. This message has an attitude to it. 
This message has an attitude of no. Usually if your children or someone says no to you, that's kind of a bad thing. But in this message, no is a good thing. No is what we're talking about because the Apostle Paul says, give the enemy no opportunity. Give the devil no chance. Give the devil no advance into your life. That's Paul's word to us. When I talk about no, I mean the empowering of you, the believer. I want to empower you with a sense of faith today, with a sense of faith in how you should be believing what is going on in the Word of God and how the Word of God can help you. I understand we're in a crisis. We're in a very strange time period. We're in a time where so many strange and weird things are taking place. With that, there comes fears and anxieties and uh, obviously the health issue is out there in front of all of us all the time, but it's more than that. It's the environment of fear and anxiety and mistrust and worry and what about the jobs? What about the marketplace? What about the economy now? What about your future? What about your career? What about your kid's school? I mean, there are a hundred and a thousand questions that could be out there on your mind and everybody's mind. And so I'm going to ask you to kind of move with me into the Word of God and understand that the Word of God is not surprised by a crisis. And the Word of God does not take back a back seat during a crisis. The Word of God is the same just like Jesus yesterday, today, and forever. And so the Apostle Paul says, remember there's an invisible world. Remember that enemy wants to advance and attack your life. Remember there's something going on more than what you see, more than what you see out there in the realm of the visible. There's a realm of the invisible. And in that realm, there are things taking place. And the Apostle Paul says, don't give the enemy a chance. Do not let him have an opportunity to invade your life. So the word no in the concept that I'm bringing means the empowering of the believer to take a stand. I want you to take a stand. I want you to take a stand that says no. As you're sitting by yourself or maybe with your family, can you just say the word no out loud? Just say no. And just, just say it one more time. Just no. And, and would you just kind of take your hand, uh, you, you're listening to me wherever you are, unless you're driving, uh, but at your house, you're listening to me, and I want you to kind of take your hand and draw a line, an invisible line. I want you to draw a line, and I want you to say no. Would you try that with me? Take your hand, just draw the line, and say no. No is drawing a line to the enemy. It's drawing the line that you are saying you have no influence. There's no way you're getting in. I have an attitude about this. I'm believing the scripture. And so I'm saying no to the enemy who seeks to uh, surround you. And we'll talk about that. And he seeks to do harmful things in your spirit, soul, and body. You're a three-part being. You're not just a body. You're not just a soul. You're not just a spirit. You're a three-part being. And the enemy seeks to invade any one of those spots he can get into. Wherever he can advance, he's going to try to get into that and he's going to look for a way. So the word no means uh, an expression of a definite choice. And this is what I'm asking you to do today. I'm wanting you to make a definite choice. The word no is a definite choice, emphatic, with a sense of drawing the line, taking a position. In no way, absolutely not. 
By no means. I've drawn the line. I've set the marker. That's what we're talking about here. Now, the enemy can push you back into a corner, especially if you've been isolated a little bit and emotionally kind of distraught, and maybe you got too much bad news, and maybe mentally you, you've had some uh, thoughts that are invading you that are certainly not godly thoughts. And so it's time for me to just speak into your heart and spirit today and say to you, take Ephesians 4.27, and take this scripture, mark it up in your Bible, print it out, write it out, and look at what the apostle says. He says, do not give the enemy an opportunity to invade your life. Do not let the enemy have anything to do to influence, occupy in any way your life at any time. And so this takes faith. And we're talking about you having an attitude that you actually kind of wake up and I've had to do this on a number of occasions. You know, I'm a cancer survivor, so that journey in itself is a long tunnel you go through and it's an everyday situation. It's it's not one of those things you prayed unless some people they have prayed and got healed didn't have to go through it. But I use doctors and God and the Word and the Holy Spirit and prayer and healing and, and I got through it. But, you know, it was many days. It was nine months of treatment. It was a lot of negative atmosphere and death everywhere around you. And, and so that's what happens when you're in a bad situation. It's an atmosphere. It's an environment. And I know what it's like to have to fight back and hold your ground stand your ground. I can remember very specifically having to talk to myself, talk to myself and say, whatever you're thinking, unless it aligns with the Word of God, is not true. And so I had to talk my way through it by claiming the Word of God in my life. I call that a faith declaration. Let me define this for a moment because I think it's very important that you have a word of faith in your mouth. A faith declaration is made when our heart and our mouth agree together and we speak God's Word. Now, God's Word is the only thing that's true. Everything else has to align to that or it's untrue or even so much the Bible says a lie. And so the devil is the father of lies. That's how he deals with people. He lies to you all the time about your self-worth, about your future, about your prayers, about everything. He lies. That's how he invades a person's mind and emotion. So a declaration of faith is for you right now, wherever you are, is to take Ephesians 4.27 and what I'm saying to you as kind of a father in the faith or a teacher who's been doing this for several decades and a person who has seen a lot of things come and go, I'm saying to you that God is faithful, God is good, and God is able. And a faith declaration is when I make my mouth and my heart align together and I speak the word of God. Deuteronomy 30 verse 14, but the word is very near you in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. And this is a, a, a wonderful scripture because the word is very near you. It has the idea that the word is just right above your head and you could just kind of reach up and take it and just bring it right down near you. The, the atmosphere of the Word of God, the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit is right there, and you can just reach up and you can just bring it down right into your heart because the Word of God is near you. Matthew 12, 34, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So my heart had to be filled with the Word of God and the Word of God, Joshua 1, 8, the book of law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall what? Meditate upon it day and night. And then what will happen? It says in my Bible, your Bible, our Bible, you'll have good success. 
Amos 3 and verse 3, can two walk together unless they are agreed? The answer is no. You can't walk with God unless you agree with God. You can't walk with the Word of God unless you agree with the Word of God. Now, when you, you agree with the Word of God, things begin to happen in your life, and you start filling your mouth with that Word, and that faith declaration is made when we believe and declare and stand upon what? The absolute faithfulness of God's Word, which points toward the faithfulness of God's character. God is good. God is just. God is wise. God is able. God is never caught by surprise. You've been elected. You've been predestined. God has a will for you. God purposes for you. God is working on your behalf. That's what the Bible says. And so the devil would like to come in and fill your mind with you don't have a purpose. Things are going to work out. You're not going to keep your job. Your business is going to fall apart. You'll never have the school you wanted. Everything's going to change. The whole world is falling apart. That's what the devil would like us to believe. The whole world is falling apart. And the government is that in a divisive way. So the whole government's falling apart and doctors can't agree. All the things that's happened, I want you to know that God hasn't changed. He's the same. God's word is the same and God is faithful. A faith declaration fixes the landmarks of my life by enlarging my inner man with the declaration of what the word of God is. First Chronicles 4, 9, and 10, when Jabez prays, he talks about enlarging his territory, and he asks for the hand of God to be upon him, First Chronicles 4, 9, and he prays, and it says for Jabez that God answers his prayer. Why? Because he enlarged his territory. He pushed out the boundary lines. What is the work of the enemy? Is to always shrink your boundary line. Always shrink your prayers. Always shrink your confession. But we're not going to do that. Why? Because we're not going to let the enemy have a way. We're going to say no. Let's try it again. I know you're with me. You're listening. Let's try it one more time. Just say out loud, no, no, no. If you have family there, look at them and say no, no way. We're drawing a line. We're setting a mark today. The devil has no right, no authority, no power over my mind, my will, my emotion. And so that begins to lift the spirit of faith into your life. And that faith declaration begins to build up your spirit. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing. Hearing what? Hearing the news? I don't think so. Hearing one of the governors? I don't think so. A politician? I don't think so. Listening to who? Some, some, you know, negative Nancy that wants to see everything as negative and it, no. I think you have to make a decision. You have to say no to all the other voices and you have to say Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. And so you read uh, many times in my life, the way that I would gain faith for, for my specific situation, my specific challenges, the mountains I had to climb, the things I had to go through. Everybody goes through things. I had to read the word of God, not silently, out loud. I would have to read the word to me. You know what I found? When you read the word out loud, Romans 10, 17 kicks in. So then faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing what? The Word of God. And so I would read the Word of God out loud. And I don't know if this ever failed in my whole life. Faith 
would begin to rise in my heart and my spirit. Why? Because I was reading the Word of God. My spirit was grabbing it. My mind was trying to grab it. And then my confession was bringing it in so that I could actually have the Word of God in my mouth and in my heart. And as I would listen to myself read, faith would come alive and faith would be in my heart. And so a faith declaration is what I'm asking you to say today. A faith declaration for you is saying no to the devil. No to all the things that he would like to surround you with. You're going to say no to because the word of God is in you and you will not be defeated. You're drawing a line today. And your line is that you're saying no to past thoughts, past negativity, past things that the enemy has tried to do. And you're saying no to those things that would try to push your head down. Now, here's the scripture for you in Psalms 27 and verse 6. This is one of my favorite verses for going through hard times. Psalms 27 and verse 6, New Living Translation. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. Now, I want you to listen to the verse. Psalms 27, 6. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. God holds my head and shoulders, Matthew's translation, above all who try to pull me down. Another translation says, you must pay attention to the surrounders. What is surrounding you? The surrounders. One translation says the surrounders cause me to be bowed down. Another one says I'm over my head. Another one says I'm under heavy burdens. I'm overtaken. I'm not able to handle this. And that's the surrounders. I hold my head high above the enemies who what? Surround me. Who are your surrounders today? Who has tried to bring fear, worry, doubt, trouble, all the economic stuff, everything else? I want to say to you today that if you will put the, the no in place, straight arm the enemy, and you will put the word of God in the right place in your life, bring it to your heart. And if you will say to the heart that's in you, your heart, your mind, your emotions, your will, your mind, and you start declaring that I am a person whose head is going to be lifted up. I'm saying to you right now that your head can be lifted up above fear and worry and doubt and all the apparent results of prayer that maybe your results are not what you wanted. You worked so hard for something and it didn't happen, and, and you prayed about this, and that didn't happen. The enemy likes to use delayed answers and problems to bring doubt to your mind that God is not going to answer your prayers. He's not going to have anything to do with you, but that is not the will of God. The will of God for you is that God is going to speak to your life. God is going to lift your head. God is going to take care of your surrounders. And there's going to be a spiritual act of faith take place as you listen to this message right now. The word lift, then I will hold my head up high and the enemies that surround me. And then he lifted my head. Uh, this word lift and lifted the head is actually used quite a few times in the scripture. And I want you to hear 
how this word is used, and I want you to take it to your heart today. It signifies movement as in the raising up from the ground or a low place. So the lifting is raising up from the ground or a low place. It means to find a new position, a new setting, a new power, a new favor. It means to defeat the enemy. It means that if you were in a limited tight place, you're going to be moved to a new open non-limited place. It means that if your spirit has been drenched with fear and worry, it means that you're going to be lifted above those things and faith is going to come in and you're going to find what? Breathing room, breathing room. You're going to have space. You're going to have space to breathe. You're going to have space to see. You're going to, you're going to have your spirit raise up. And when that happens, you're going to take this message to heart and you're going to believe what I'm teaching today. And you're going to say, you know what? Pastor Frank DeMiles has been around a long time. He's uh, one of the fathers of the faith. He's got gray hair. He's a doctor. He's a teacher. He's been through a lot of stuff. Maybe I should listen to this man. Maybe you should. Maybe you should. Maybe you should take something from what I'm saying today and take it to your heart and take it to your life. Taking the no position. Say it one more time. No. No, say it again, no, say it again, no, say it again, no. Remember, you drew the line, you set the marker, your head's being lifted up, God is moving on your behalf, this is your day, things are gonna change, it doesn't matter what's going on out there, those surrounders are going to have to give way to the miracle working of the Word of God. Now, this is what you're actually saying no to. I'm gonna list these out, take down whatever ones you want, but when we talk about saying no, number one, we're saying, no to his footholds. No to his footholds. Now, if you've been around the Word of God at all, you remember that it says, give the place, uh, give no place to the devil, and don't let him have a foothold in your life. People use that a lot. People pray it. I've heard it. Uh, pray it corporately together. You know, uh, I, I pray that the devil will not have a foothold in your life, so we pray that. But remember this. The foothold starts with a heart hold. It moves to the mind hold. It goes to the emotions hold. It goes to the confessions hold. It goes to a lot of other hold before it gets to a stronghold. A foothold does not start as a stronghold. It moves to a stronghold. And so the enemy is trying to move you to a place of stronghold. He wants that 2 Corinthians 10 thing. He wants to have a stronghold in your mind, your will, your emotion. And so what does Paul say? Don't allow him a position called a foothold. The beginning of where you step, where you stand, what you believe is your footing. The footing that you have in your life is the Word of God, your confession, the Holy Spirit. And so you don't give way to anything that would remove your foot from the Word of God and from your position in Christ. Paul says, give the place that you need to the Word of God. Do not let the devil have that place. That's a foothold that will turn into a stronghold. Remember this, the devil never stops with a foot. He moves to take possession of your heart, your mind, your will, your emotions, your decisions your finance, your relationships. He never stops. He always keeps moving. So you're going to say no to the footholds of the devil. Number two, you're going to say no to the invasions of the devil. James 4 verse 7, submit to God, resist, resist, resist the devil 
and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, purify your heart, you double-minded. What's he saying here? Don't allow any of those impurities, any of those things that would allow the invasion, the oncoming uh, movement of the enemy towards your life to try to take possession of certain eye areas of your life. There's a scripture in the book of Acts. Uh, again, I prayed this scripture over many people and over myself many times, Acts 10, 38, where it says how God anointed Jesus. We understand that. God anointed Jesus. He was a miracle worker. He was a preacher. He was our savior. God anointed Jesus. But it says in Acts 10, 38, he anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, Acts 10, 38, who went about doing good. So Jesus went about doing good, healing, healing, but it's specific here. I mean, the writer who is Dr. Luke of the book of Acts, the writer could have said many things, but he says he went about healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Oppression. Oppression is to push down. Oppression is to bring depression, bondage. Oppression has something to do with a mindset. Oppression is what we would call depression or anxiety disorders or many of those things that cause people to act wrong, think wrong, and do wrong. Jesus was so involved with people that when he found someone that was oppressed of the devil, he set him free. If you're listening to me right now and you're oppressed, pushed down, got some surrounders around your head and your heart, and you sense that you've been under it and there's a ungodly burden on top of you, I'm saying to you today, this teaching should bring you a James 4, 7, submit to God, resist the devil. And the Bible says he will flee from you. And I'm saying to you today, the devil's going to flee from you. The devil has no right to you. The devil has no power over you. The devil is a liar. He's a thief. And we're giving no room for him to move upon us as believers who have an answer for this generation and for this culture and for this crisis. We're not going to give in to worry and fear and negative thinking. We're not going to give in to negative confession. We are going to resist the devil, and the devil is going to have to flee from us. We're going to draw near to God, and God's going to draw near to us. Number three, say no to his weapons. Isaiah 54, verse 17. Now listen carefully to Isaiah 54, 17. We're saying no to his footholds, no to his invasions, and no to his weapons. Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Now, now listen to this. It doesn't say the weapons won't be made. It doesn't say there won't be any weapons. It says no weapon formed against you will prosper. Okay, the devil's creating weapons against you right now. The devil's coming after you with everything he can that he knows will cause you to have bondage or failure, whatever it might be. But I'm saying to you, your confession is in the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. And Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon 
formed against me shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against me will be taken down. All condemnation will be removed. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. So the plans that he has devised, the, the things that he's trying to form right now, he's, he's trying to take your past and your present responses and some of your mind holds, strongholds, and some of the other things, maybe a few bad decisions and maybe a few uh, mess ups, maybe some failures. He tries to take all these things and then he puts them together to form a weapon. And when he gets that formation done, where he can affect your spirit, your soul, your mind, he can affect every part of you, then he'll use that weapon against you to bring you to failure. And the Bible says no weapon formed against you. Anything he's forming against you is not going to work. Number four, I want you to say no to his intimidations. Isaiah 59 and verse 19, Isaiah 59, 19. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west to the glory from the rising of the sun. And listen to Isaiah 59, 19. It says, when, when, not if, when the enemy comes in, because he will. The enemy will always attack. He'll always form weapons. He'll always be against you. He always uses the same old stuff, guilt and fear and anxiety and worry. And uh, he, he, he uses the same weapons since the beginning of time, from Adam and Eve right up through the present. It's the same weapons. So when the enemy comes in like a flood, and his flood is his wickedness, comes in like a flood, because we know from Matthew 7, 37, you know, remember the house that Jesus talks about the parable, and Jesus says, two men are building, and then it says, and the floods came, the wind blew, the rains came, on both houses, wicked and say, both houses get the same thing. Both had floods, winds, and rain. One house didn't fall. And so when the enemy comes in like a flood, what happens? It says in Isaiah 59, verse 19, the spirit, of the Lord will lift up a standard. Another translation says the adversary will come like a river, like a great overflowing stream, but the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against all opposition and he will be defeated and swept away. So my word to you today is that you take these no foothold, no invasions, no weapons, and no intimidations. Even though the enemy comes in like a flood, I want you to take this to your heart today, and I want you to take it into your spirit that you are called, you're predestined for victory. There's something God has put on you. And number five, I want you to say no to his snares. Whatever snares he tries to bring upon you, 2 Timothy 2.26, and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil haven't been taken captive by him to do his will. I want you to believe with me that all the snares that have been set for you, and those snares can be numerous and we could describe them, but a snare signifies something that the catcher sets for you to catch. A man walks into a snare unknowingly. That's why it's a snare. He can't see it. It's a hunting word, and the enemy has set snares for you. The fear of man brings snares, and those snares bring upon you those things that will torment you and cause you to have 
uh, the bondage that the enemy wants you to have. But I'm saying to you, 2 Timothy 2.26, that they may come to their senses and escape, and escape the snare of the devil. Say it out loud or say it in your heart right now, I have escaped. I have escaped the snare of the devil. Psalms 124 verse 7, our soul has escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Okay? We have come up against the works of the enemy, but we are not going to be defeated. Through this crisis, through any of the thought patterns, through the bondages, through the fears and the worries and everything else that would like to come upon you and your household, you and your mind, you and your future. I'm saying to you right now, that simply is called in the Bible a snare. It's also called in the Bible, Ephesians 6 and verse 11, stand against, and this is a kind of an old English word, you might not even recognize it or remember it's in the Bible, but it's in the Bible. In Ephesians 6, 11, it says, stand against the wiles, W-I-L-E-S, stand against the wiles of the devil. What is he talking about, the wiles of the devil? Have you ever heard that term? Uh, you know, someone praying for you and that the wiles of the devil would not work for you. Well, it's a Greek word that's used here, and the Old English translators translated for different reasons, but the actual Greek word is methodia. Do you hear the English word in that? Methodia, methods, methodology. The word wiles means to follow up and investigate someone so that you can use the right methods. It means that you investigate someone so you can settle on a plan, that you can craftedly trick them, scheme them, and that's what the devil does. You know the devil studies you. He has enough demons to take notes and do that little school on you. And, and the enemy actually studies you. He investigates you. And he tries to determine which of his weapons will work on you as he investigates how you respond. So if he sees you responding in unbelief a lot, he starts understanding this person has a weakness in trust and faith. If you start responding to life with a critical spirit or hard-heartedness. He starts taking notes on that and says, this person has a crack in the foundation. There's something going on in their mind. What is that? He investigates people so that he can come up with his methods so that he can investigate them and that he can lay a, what, a snare for them and he can bring them into bondage. Don't allow the enemy to use his wiles on you, his snares on you. Take this as a word, Psalms 124.7, escape from the snares of the devil. Number six, it says no to his devouring. This is what it says about the devil in your Bible. First Peter 5, 8, 9, be well balanced, temperate, sober, of mind, be vigilant, cautious at all times. Why? Why does the Bible say, be vigilant, cautious at all times? This is why. For the enemy of yours, I didn't make this up. This is not a Frank Damasio novel or something. This is not a, you know, something I just want to uh, talk about because I think it's interesting. It's in the Bible, and the Bible being true, and the Bible understanding the invisible realm, the invisible world, and the Bible understands the nature of the devil. The Bible says the devil roams around like a lion roaring with fierce hunger, 
Why? Seeking someone to seize upon and devour them. Withstand him. Be firm in faith, rooted, established, strong, and movable. Do not allow the devil to devour, because he will. He'll devour everything about your life, everything about your future. He, he, he has a hunger for you. Every person he can destroy satisfies a little bit of his hunger. And so he goes about with that ferocious hunger to devour you and destroy you. Be cautious, be aware. Now, he, he doesn't have the power to because you have the Word of God, the Spirit of God, the blood of Christ, the cross of Christ. You have Jesus. And in Jesus, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And so he's not going to be able to overcome you. And so we are going to, Malachi 3.11, rebuke the devourer. Number seven, say no to his advantage, him taking advantage over you. Second Corinthians 2 at verse 11. Again, this is a scripture that gives you some idea about the devil. Second Corinthians 2 11, lest Satan should be that person that takes advantage of you. We're not ignorant of his devices. Now we're saying today that we are drawing a line. We're saying today, no to the devil. We're saying today we've set a marker. We built a fence. We said in this whole message, the greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So in the midst of all this, in the midst of all the problems, in the midst of all the stuff that's going on, we have a sure foundation. We have Christ, the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, and we are more than overcomers, saying no to the enemy. Pick up your faith confession starting right now and let that become your direction for the next while of your life. Let this word sink in, be an overcomer, be victorious. Why? Because we have the gospel, we have the message, and the whole world needs to hear a word of faith. I want to pray for you right now wherever you are, whatever you're doing, if you could just stop, pause, whatever, and just allow me to pray for you. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus right now that you will come upon these people in a mighty way. And Lord, you will actually touch them in their mind, their heart, their emotions. Lord, today we break the snare of the devil off of people. Lord, today we close the door to his advances. Lord, today, we expose his works and his ways. We are encouraged. Our head is lifted up. We're not surrounded by the bad that the enemy would bring in. We're surrounded by the good of our testimony, the good of our confession, the goodness of God, and God is doing good things. Let today be a turning point for many people. Let it, let it be the, the time in their life where they can feel the rudder shift. They can feel their sails shift. They can feel something go on in their life that would shift their attitude and their spirit. Lord, we bless these people today in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.